Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, you might notice that I switched places with Brian because I have body dysmorphia. <laughs> and I was spiraling so hard because my arm looked fat. And so for our listeners who listen exclusively to the podcast, yeah, Young Me requested that we switch seats. I was having a huge mental health crisis. I'm not even going to... Episode 104, 105, 103. Yeah. And... We have switched seats. I feel like I started on this side. <laughs> if you look at old footage, I was on this side. Yeah, you know, I just, I just yeah. want you to feel comfortable. I want you to be confident. Thank you. And that's the most important thing. But yeah. also as someone who is very regimented about their routine yeah. and doing things a certain way. I don't know. The mo the chi is a little different. I could tell that it was really <laughs> bothering you, Brian. Me switching with you was really he was like I was like, Can I switch if it's my body dysmorphia? And but then I have to say, even though it was hard for Brian, he let me because he cares about my emotions and my mental health. And I wanna say thank you, Brian. No, I could tell. That's must be really hard to deal with. Yeah, I was like looking at the pictures and I was looking at the video and I was like, I might I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself. And I want to explain to those of you who are listening, it's a perspective thing where the camera is angled. Yeah. It's not straight on. So the person who is in the foreground or nearest to the camera. There's some warping they're going, going on. They're going to look, uh, they're closer to the camera. So the yeah. person who's further away is going to look small. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like if you haven't heard the podcast before, I have body dysmorphia. It's if you have it, it's it's like it's really intense. It's yeah. like a horrible illness. So thank you, Brian. Let's get let's get going with the Patreon shout outs, our wonderful Patreon supporters. Good vibes only, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Feeling Asian podcast. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of our Patreon, if you like the podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Uh, young me and I. We love you. Support the pod. We'll give you a shout out. And with that comes a positive affirmation. Yeah. You ready to jump into this week's affirmations? Yes. First shout out goes out to Heather Wang. Heather Wang. Heather Wang, you are the most incredible, incredible, thoughtful friend. Jess Hong. We know Jess Hong. She we came to love our Zoom hangouts. We love Jess Hong, but also Jess Hong, you are the best at roasting your besties in the group chat. Jess Hong likes to drink really fancy cocktails that she makes for herself at home. I love her. Shout out to Bethany Nelson. Bethany Nelson I, has an important job. Shout out to Mindy Chu. Mindy, this is your cross to bear but anytime one of your best friends is going through a hard time, they hit you up because you are so thoughtful and really great at giving advice. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Mooneyham. You know Ryan knows the best place pl places to eat. You know. Before you see it on the internet. And we know that you know, Ryan, that you have an incredible name. Yes. Ryan Mooneyham. Next one goes out to Jeremy Holt. I know Jeremy. Jeremy also friend of the pod. We know Jeremy. Yeah. They are... Incredible hair. They have the best hair. 
<laughs> and are incredible and they are incredibly kind and they're extremely attractive next one goes out to valerie valerie i love amy winehouse so much r.i.p valerie you have amy winehouse vibes and i mean that in the most complimentary way <laughs> next one goes out to valerie w valerie w you are the keystone of your friend group there's two valeries in a row two valeries in a row wow. but this one's valerie w don't get it twisted yeah, valerie, valerie w. w when you feel like staying in and don't want to go out no one in your friend group goes out i think she has a huge chest tattoo is the psychic vibe i'm picking up those hurt a lot <laughs> i just got one susan lee susan lee i think susan lee has an incredible wardrobe incredible fashion sense i see that too Last one goes out to Maya Song. Maya, you are the voice of reason in the most endearing way in your friend group. Yeah, if somebody's scream crying like Brian likes to do, you can get them to calm down right away. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a running theme on our... We just had our live show. Oh, wait, before we start. Thank you so much for the Patreon donations. We really, really, really... It means the world to us. We love you so much. We love you so, so much. And every dollar goes a long way. It, do, it really does. We've been we've been stretching it. We only use it for work stuff. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> uh, thank you again, everyone. You want to talk about our live show that we just had yesterday? Yeah, we had our, our live show talk about uh, talking about how much we love everybody. Oh, my God. You know, it, it's it was so great. Everyone that shows up is so wonderful. But it's kind of hard for me to be around people that like me. What about you? Brent? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm incredibly comfortable and like it a lot. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm like, thank you. Like, I that means a lot to me, but please don't look at me. <laughs> uh, for those of you who didn't come to the live show, aka our listeners that we don't like as much. <laughs> Youngmi, you just stated that you don't like it. You don't like being looked at. For those of you who missed out, Youngmi, you wore the... you. You, chain mail you halter wore, top. You wore a, Swaro a Swarovski crystal chain mail halter top. I sure did. I <laughs> bought that in Koreatown. Don't look at me, but also... Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those... I always talk about memes. You know those memes where it's like, I can't tell if I'm like disgusting or I'm the hottest person that ever lived. It's like, what mental illness is that? <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's where I live. That was incredible, your energy. Um, no, it was great. Well, I was going to say the running theme at our show is that I always make fun of you because you got you cried that one time when we were planning the live show. Yes, I did. <laughs> but it's because it's it meant so much to you. I really respect that. And I'm also mentally unwell, but we can. Yeah, it's because it meant a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember the person in the audience that sat in the front named Brian? He said he never heard the podcast. We were like, all right, just sitting right in the front there. That's a good. That's a great plug for our live show. Our yeah. live show is so good that people who've never even listened to the podcast come to the show. Do you think he had fun? Oh yeah, <laughs> he came up to us afterwards and said, "Oh my god, this is the best live show I have ever been to." He was. I can't it. imagine what actual listeners of the podcast who weren't able to make it are missing out on. They should absolutely come he to said future that, shows. Yeah. Or they can look at the. They can, I think they could buy live stream tickets if they don't live in new york city 
That's, a, That's yeah, what Brian said. He said all of this to us. And Young Lee was incredibly uncomfortable while he was going on this yeah. long diatribe about how amazing the show was. My question is, do you think he's listening to this episode now? Now he's a fan of the podcast. 100%. Yeah. I mean, so he Brian, knows that the host is na- has the same name as him. This goes out to you, Brian. Thank you for coming to our show. Shout outs to Brian. Our next show is October 28th. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, you know, it's probably going to sell out, but we wanted to give our listeners a head start. Yeah. And uh, we have a famous person slated, but famous people famously do change their plans a lot because yeah. they're famous. That happens a lot. So, so. We, we're always scared to announce it. But there is a famous person. Well, I mean, more famous because last two shows we had very famous, wonderful comedians yes. and friends. Yes. I'm, I'm really proud of us for executing and accomplishing that yeah it was fun i thought it was a great show it was a great show i threw a slipper at brian at one point (laughs) but that's the only teaser you're gonna get because you're gonna have to come to the live show for the full experience yeah uh listeners this week it's just the two of us we're catching up with the listeners on what's going on in our lives. Um, Kicking it old school, yeah, because we like to keep you informed. I think our listeners like it too. These episodes do do well. We've said that before. Yeah, we get messages and reviews from people who, some of them even prefer the solo episodes more than the guest episodes. Why? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't like compliments. Well, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm feeling, uh, how am I feeling? I'm feeling a little bit more low energy. Mm. I think because I was riding this high off of our live show yesterday. Yeah. I get this way after a hot show. I'm just high off my own supply. So much dopamine, so much adrenaline running. Yeah. And I have trouble sleeping those nights. Because I'm so giddy and excited. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on with me today. You know, kind of the the crash after the big high. Oh, did you get, did you like not get a lot of sleep last night? Hours wise, not as much. But mm. I think just emotional state. Yeah. Back to reality after feeling awesome and having a great show. So I'm a little bit more low energy today. Uh that's what's going on with me in a physical sense but the thing that i wanted to talk about is i feel really happy and really proud of myself because recently uh, one of our listeners uh shout out to the wonderful caitlin she is an incredibly incredibly talented illustrator and comedian humorist you name it. Mm-hmm. They reached out to see if I was interested in collaborating on a humor piece to mm. submit to a magazine. <gasps> wow. And as a comedian, you know, you always have, you have like little goals. Yeah. Like tent poles in your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, for every comedian, I'm sure the apex of that is Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you you like the show, you hate the show, if they offered you to do it, 99% of all comedians would say I absolutely will do it even if they have talked shit yeah. about the show up until that point it's just a little tentpole in your brain yeah because you know? then you can be like I did it yeah and for me one of those tentpoles is to get published for a comedic sample yeah but I never really actively pursued it in earnest 
mm-hmm. like emailing my network to see who the editor is to pitch or submit anything. Mm-hmm. Because I would always talk myself out of it. Yeah. Just assume what's the point. I'm it's never going to get accepted. They get thousands of submissions daily. Yeah. I'm just going to do my little thing and that's that. Yeah. And this person reached out to me to collaborate on this piece and that really helped knowing that there was another uh, person involved. It was like a collaborative thing. Right. I don't think I ever would have done it if it was just me. Yeah. And I had a tremendous amount of fun and really enjoyed doing it and we submitted it and then yesterday I received word that the piece was uh, accepted by the editor. Wow, that's so awesome. You know, I I just enjoyed doing it. Um, and that was a reward in and of itself. Yeah. Like, regardless if it was accepted or not, it's something that, you know, I, th- I think it's funny and it was it's it was fun to do. But I mean, obviously, if they didn't accept it, you would there, there would be a part of you like, Aw. you know what I mean? A, a little bit, but I wasn't. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm not so precious about that particular medium yeah. per se. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's precious is the key word that I want to touch on here because mm. it was a it was a lot of emotions and different things I was feeling once yeah. I realized that this piece was accepted mm-hmm. by the editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, I'm very happy, really proud that this was you know. it's cool this this editor saw our work and deemed it as like good you know and it's incredibly validating but the other thing this has been a chronic problem for me yeah i'm so precious about all of my ideas Mm -hmm. that you've talked about this yeah that i kind of got this like little swagger confidence boost knowing that that piece got accepted Mm, mm -hmm. because it's incredible it's tremendously validating for your ego just anyone's ego my ego like i was through the roof it really like cemented the idea in my mind that yeah oh i am good at this i am funny yeah and i obviously you know i i don't think you should put your uh validation on outside sources of validation like how you view yourself but you know, because I obviously think you're really funny and nobody, a fancy magazine didn't have to tell me that, right? But right. But I have to say, I know what you mean by like, you know, when you set a goal and you get that goal, that feeling is very good. Yeah. You know? It feels amazing. Yeah. No, and yeah. I guess... And it does feel good to have like an outside source validate you, you know? Like, oh, I can, like what you said about SNL, like even though I don't want to do SNL, right. if they hired me, I'd be like, I'm good enough for SNL. You know, that's, yeah. that's big, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. And the, I guess the other thing is, I just need to be more confident and less precious about any creative work that I put out into the world. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if it weren't for, this all would not have transpired without the help of this incredibly generous collaborator right who gave me the little push i needed mm-hmm. to set a little goal for myself and meet a deadline and like do the work to do it because otherwise yeah. i would just it, i would be have. i would be i would never have done it i would be in the same position as yeah. i am now mm-hmm. i would have immediately talked myself out of it before i I'm even like that too. did it you know i'm like that too and i you know i know that you've talked about that yeah and i find that 
the same thing. Like if somebody's doing it with me, yeah. then I will do it because I feel accountable to somebody else. Right. And I, I don't respect myself, but I respect them. Do you mm, know what I mean? So mm. then I'll do it because like somebody wants me to do it. Right. But it's so hard for me to do it by myself for myself. Right. And for me. And I have that too, but I think for me personally, it's because like, I don't believe in myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I, before I submit anything, I'm always like, why would, why would I submit to this magazine? I'm stupid. And what I do is it's not going to be good enough. Like that's the thought in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard to fight that. We we would make terrible presidents. Imagine (sighs) if we made it, ascended to president of the United States and we're like, can you... Can you like help me? <laughs> I um, open the borders or 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 not if you don't feel like it. Do you want to co-sign? Can you just sign this bill first and then I'll scribble my signature next to you when we execute it? Yeah. Can we just um, raise the minimum wage? Uh, if, no worries if not. No worries if not. If I'm bothering you, don't worry about it. <laughs> You show up to a, 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 a like a UN meeting yeah. and it's like so your friend from home is with you and they're like, yeah. "Who's this?" Like, I, I just need it. I really need Anne here. I just, <laughs> I, I just, she's just here for support. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff oh, Bezos man. should pay taxes, or, or you know, if just throwing that out there. Yeah. Sorry, does that sound crazy? I'm just kidding. That's like me as a pro. That's a funny. That's a funny SNL character. We should we should uh, <laughs> submit that. No. We just, like, we just did the cardinal sin of every comedian. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> you know that'd be what, a great sketch on SNL. Should, whoa, we just uh, made a short film. Should we just shoot that Should right I now? shoot this. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. And I yeah, want to... Yeah, I'm proud to, of you. Yeah, so I'm really proud of myself. And it's, it's dope as fuck to receive that sort of validation from an external thing. Yeah. And especially if it's from a, a goal that you had set from your set for yourself. But I've done comedy for a pretty long time up until this point. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm obviously going to be funnier than the average, than a person who has never done a single open mic. I know that much, but I mean, you, you have I, the talent and the skill because of your pra- you know like your practice but even in that comparison i'm like yeah i'm good i'm com- more confident than insert most bland person do you know what i mean yeah. like why am i even com- i should be striving i, I want to be striving higher you know and Ugh, what's it's crazy hard. it's so it's so hard the, i'm just pointing at my brain i'm that's the what's in there is like really just blocking me i i struggle with this every single thing i do did I'm you ever like, when you have you ever gotten messages from people let's say after you've done a comedy show yeah. that they hit you up yeah. for comedy advice and be like uh, oh i've never done stand-up no. like i don't think so i've gotten that before this was when i did like college shows they, they it would be like college ask you to- advice on how to do stand-up or how to write jokes or what what kind yeah yeah, yeah. Of- ah. but usually but what's funny is that it'll be these like let's say it's like a, a sprightly young like white young 20s kid mm-hmm. like hey you were dope as shit loved your stuff i just want to let you know i'm really fucking funny I would be good at this. Do you want to get coffee sometime? Oh, people have said, I'm looking to do stand-up. Can you help me? How do I get started? Like that? And I'm no, like... And no, for- no, but this is like 
what I want to focus on is like, here's this person who's never even done the thing. <laughs> yeah. And in their intro message of like, let's get coffee. They're saying they're funny. I'm like, I want. You're not funny. <laughs> if you've ever said you're, I'm funny to somebody, you're not funny. But that's the thing. We can that's benefit. But we can benefit from that kind of self-confidence see what when people like that reach out to me this is always the vibe it's never like hey i'm i'm a nice sweet person and i need help the vibe is always like it's always i'm a shit, huge piece shicey. of shit it's like shitty and i it's deserve like, this yeah it's like literally like hey how did you get that i'm funnier than you like that sort of <laughs> feeling do you know what i mean yes it's always yes, like yes. some 22 year old like you can tell that they don't think you're that funny. And they're like, why are you on this show? I'm funny. Yeah. Can you get coffee with me? And I'm like, you you may be funny. You may be funnier than me. Right. But you, you're you not doing it. So I'm on the show and you're not, bro. Like, that's <laughs> the end. Like, who cares how funny you are if you're not going to fucking go in the fucking and put the work in? No one gives a shit. You know, like, grow 100%. up. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, I, like, I want to. But no one's asked me for advice. No. I want to manifest that for us because we've put in the work. Now it's time to, you know, Re- reap the rewards. Reap the rewards and fucking Brian, ball out and I'm be swaggy. Scared. I don't want to submit anything. <laughs> I've never submitted anything in my life. <laughs> but here's the thing: I'm surprised to hear you right now mm. say that you are similar to me in Mm -hmm. this way yeah because i think your tiktok is a case in point of you doing the opposite of like i find your tiktok very aspirational where you and this is throwing spaghetti at the i'm just it's not throwing throwing spaghetti you know feel free to correct me if i'm wrong yeah obviously you you take a lot of care and all these like i don't know how preciously you treat all of these ideas but all of your content is incredibly funny and I aspire to whatever, like your TikTok because it's, your your voice is confident, you can tell that you know you're funny, the product is really good, it is very funny and you just fucking balls to the wall, you just pump it out. Here's another video, here's another video, here's another video. I mean, I like guess, If yeah. I was in your shoes doing that TikTok, there would be like three videos. <laughs> I mean, like when before I remember I was talking about TikTok for a long time before I started doing it. True. And one day I was just like, I'm just gonna fucking do it. And it's like, I still feel, I still literally, I'm like, I am not funny. Damn. Like that's how I think in my head. I'm like, I'm not funny. Like why do people? It's that weird. is that is ins- crazy to me because really your your videos are so funny and so many people share them. They go viral and you have this tremendous voice on your tiktok stop doing that in my head huh that's i'm I'm being very honest with you in my head i'm like i'm not funny and somehow i've tricked all these people (laughs) somehow so instead you're just in this hell where this mental prison where you're making a tiktok with your ring light (laughs) now that i say this out loud i'm like i really I, i should why do i think that about myself it's so weird well i'm just letting you know that from that like i'm seeing it from the outside yeah i your tiktok serves as a way to it's a balm for my brain Mm. like no i gotta be more like young me and just trust myself it is funny just let it out i have to say i think all of my because you know i started doing comedy three years ago did you realize i was like thinking the other day i like look i had to scroll through my calendar app to be like i was like no there's no way and i like looked three years ago Uh uh-huh 
And until then, I didn't produce anything creative in my entire life. It's like I had to go through therapy and it clicked one day. Yeah. And then I like somehow I was just like, I have to do this. Like I have to get it up. You know, like I've been holding it in. Right. But it was because of that. I was scared. I was like too scared to show anybody anything that I thought. Yeah. yeah. Because it's scary. I just wanted to hide and stuff. Yeah. So I think I did have to work through that. And now I'm just like making fucking videos talking about (laughs) sucking dicks and stuff i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) and you're like create your own happiness everyone (laughs) i still feel like i'm a fucking loser um well i think you're funny brian oh thank you i i always you know what i always think i'm like if you made tiktoks like just i just feel like if you did it you would like blow up you would blow the fuck up because you're funny i think I think the thing about you, Brian, I'm just going to compliment you so you feel confident. I think the thing about you, and I know everyone like talks about you being really hot, oh which is, God. it's true, but I don't want you to think that that's like your only, I think there's like a combo of you being hot and you're funny. And I know comedians say that that's not good for comedians, but I feel like that's like a really powerful combo and you don't see that, you know, and you got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing triple threat <laughs> but brian park embarrassing very embarrassing you know maybe i'll maybe i'll start making tiktoks i wish we could see each other in the way that we see each other do you know what i mean i, I right. wish we could see ourselves in the way that other people see us i'll be honest with you though i don't know if my style of comedy i have a pretty good sense of how my comedy brain works and mm-hmm. i don't know if my style of comedy would necessarily translate well over to TikTok because I'm uh, I like things like very dry and very like subtle. That's just my personality. Well. Yeah. And here I am, you know. We you know po- what? Fuck yeah. it. I'll do it, and then we can observe and see how it performs. Well, the other observation that led me to you know this conclusion of this discussion of how I've been feeling. Yeah. We recently did a video shoot. Like we were part of this video shoot that had other. Uh, influencers oh yeah yeah creative like you know just basically internet famous internet people, people yeah where they had i think collectively they had maybe 10 billion more followers than us 10 billion we were by far no i mean realistically i think they all had, had at like least a million followers. followers yeah and i felt like at leaving that you know mm-hmm. i felt it shows that we've put in the time, like on the streets, on the ground level, the streets, doing yeah. open mics yep. and like honing our craft. Yeah. Because I, it just comes as second nature that I don't really realize it, but put being uh, in a room with these other people who do it professionally, like yeah. they have millions of followers. Like, but they're internet people, and so they're honing a different kind of skill. Right, and so I left feeling like. Damn, we could fucking do that shit. We, we fucking killed it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, we did great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's that that concludes how I feel. So the conclusion is uh I'm gonna start creating a TikTok. I, I the precious thing, you know, I, I struggle, like I said, it's it's hard, you know. You want I think I also you I think you're not to like guess what's going on with you, but I feel like you have this thing where you want everything to be really perfect, right? So well, that you know kind of gets in the way. Of, you know that. Yeah, you talked we about were. that. <laughs> I like, let, I let. Um, and the fear of it being not. Well, what's perfect. that saying? Don't let great get in the way of good. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's often used in dating contexts, you know? Yeah. But I think for me, it applies to work. And I have I'm that, so yeah. I'm so fucking focused on making things perfect that it gets in the way of good. And I ha- I actually had that too, but I think more like what I, my version of that is mm-hmm. everything I do sucks. So I don't want to show anybody this. Like that's, th- that's the roadblock in my mind. I so surprised. I know, I know it's a weird? feeling. I know it's really irrational. I have to fight it all constantly. So every TikTok that you upload. I think it sucks. And I'm like, I look like a loser and I'm cringe. Somebody did call me power cringe. And I was like, I am. Cr- this is cringy. Listeners, if we made a mug that said power cringe on it, would you buy it? Because Power cringe, chaotic we're f- bottom. We're flirting with the idea of uh, making some merchandise, some merch. And I really want power cringe to be on there. Okay, but can I just tell you this sad story before I move on to my feeling? Uh, so this duh, is a sad story. L- love a sad story. This is also, I thought my life was going to be like this because this is what I saw. My dad all his life had a dream of becoming a writer a novelist and throughout my childhood he would attempt it like he would sit down and like try to write it for like three days and do like 10 pages and then not and then stop and then he tried to do that like three times in his life yeah because he has very similar issue like you he's a perfectionist Mm. he's like everything he does he has like perfect yeah and it was it's so it's so extreme in his mind that it would like bother him. They, it would only, I'm sure he took like a few weeks writing at a time. Yeah. Like the third week into writing, it would bother him because everything just, you know, like writing, you have to like write drafts and drafts and drafts and like, and Ugh, you know, like it, it's, it's so much work. Yeah. Like by the third <laughs> week, his brain was like at war against himself. You know what I mean? And I know all writers have that. Look at his Microsoft Word doc and it's just like all work and no play makes young me's dad a dull boy. A tortured writer. And but every every creative has that that voice in your head that's like you suck, you suck, you suck. And then the other voice is like you're a genius. (laughs) Every but then you have to balance them out and you have to keep like working through that. But my dad couldn't, and it would Mm. get to the point where it would just. And then he, he's, he's never done it. And it was like his life dream. He's in his 70s. You know what I mean? And so uh, the reason I say that is like, I feel like because my dad was such a hard ass, like perfectionist, I've always like been the opposite of that. I'd be like, whatever, it's fine. It's it's like, that's my personality. Yeah. Like, it, like I would like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a dress or something. And it's just like two pieces of cloth stapled. To, I'm like, that's the dress. Look, wear it. Like, you know, I'm like. I'm so anti-perfect because I feel like I was like so oppressed by that personality as a child Mm. in my dad. Mm. And so I'm just telling you the story like as a cautionary tale. You know, you can't let your brain get in the way because then you'll be 70 and you've never written your book. Totally, totally. And it's it's because I fucking hate. Why do our brains do this to us? I don't know. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Yeah, because I can. It's this. I have the same opinion of all of those people who have amassed a huge following for whatever their creative work is on social media or any medium for that matter. As much criticism, like there's a correlation with the more popularity you get, the more criticism you receive. Yeah, it's easy to be a hater. Sure, it sucks, but I always say, yeah, at least they're putting the work out they're doing, there all they're doing they're, they're yeah. putting they're putting the work out there and 
that's the, that's what see i just said it i'm gonna do that I, got, I, got, I should like be corny and write that on my mirror corny. just just put the work out there the thing is that with the world and how it is yeah you know it, it's not like the most talented beautiful minds are the ones writing the books it's the people that are doing it and they right. might be stupid <laughs> you know like but they're doing it and, and yeah. like you know yeah. and somebody else isn't so that's why they're that's why it's getting printed wow so once you start embracing that we might be getting three to five TikTok videos from you a day. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I am stupid, but I'm going to fucking keep doing it. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm not going to be 70 and like, have something that I wanted to do all my life that I didn't do. Well, it's even more impressive that you're output making that, putting that much content out when it's like a literal it's fucking a nightmare in nightmare my brain. for you in your yeah. brain. I'm like, I hate this. This is stupid. <laughs> Every single time. Wait, you don't do that? I feel like every time I do stand-up, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I made an ass of myself. Yeah, every time, man. What a and fucking battle. I, I have a good set and afterwards. I'm like, why did I? I'm good at this, but why the fuck did I suffer so much for this? Yeah. Can I tell one more story before I say how I feel about yeah. being a hater that it's doesn't just do shit? Two. It's us two, baby. You know, I, I love this story. Do you know the filmmaker Truffaut, Francois Truffaut? No. He made this movie. I think it's called it's called The Four Hundred Blows. I know what it's called. Come on. Okay. It's it's a great movie. It's a it's a French. It's a very famous French film. Okay. But how he started was like this is when like film was blowing up like in the fucking. 50s or whatever in france okay. like there was like this like I, um anyway so he was a shit talking critic he was like 20 years old and oh, he would shit. just talk shit about all these movies They'd be like these movies fucking suck yeah like he was like that guy that slid into your dms being like i'm funny i could be a stand-up comedian yeah, give me yeah, advice yeah. like that <laughs> just talking shit about all the filmmakers right and then finally somebody he wrote like a magazine that was really popular in paris and then somebody was like, hey, bitch, why don't you fucking make a movie then? And then he made the greatest French film of all time. Yo. Known as, <laughs> went down in history as like the greatest French film. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I could be funnier than Brian and young me. Like, yeah. they should shut up. I want to do a podcast. I'm just saying, just fucking do it. And you will be the best comedian in the world. That's the opposite of a cautionary tale. That's two two stories. One, my dad, who didn't do it. One, Francois Truffaut, who fucking did the fucking damn thing. Yeah, but I think it's important to highlight that in order to create great art, you need to be motivated by in, in, like in a tremendous amount of spite. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you make a movie then. Fine, I will. Fuck you, you piece of shit. You know what? I will. You and know? it will be great. Yeah, you know what? I am going to make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> someone just has to tell you to fuck off one time spite oh, movie oh man i think we're so close to this new wave of films that are narrative centered around podcasts <laughs> and what an embarrassing society point in society we will have reached at that point yeah that's gonna be amazing podcast <laughs> movies it's gonna be like starring leonardo dicaprio oh my god we Brian. can't do it man okay the market's too saturated come on all we need is a mic. Don't you want to dream? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm oh my god! We we just crossed one thousand followers on iTunes. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna make this joke, and I'm so sorry because I know this joke's been done to death. But Scarlett Johansson's gonna play me. Hundred percent. The only Asian actress in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that joke. Uh, um, and then Stephen Young can play me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if somebody made a movie about our fucking podcast? 
It's going to happen. How I'm sad. You. I'm it's so gonna sorry. It's probably going to be about Pod Save America or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so- or Caller Daddy. Yeah, Caller. That, that's definitely going to be a movie. Yeah. And I'm so sad for society. I'm so sorry for all of us that Call Me Daddy is going to become a movie. You know what's um, going to happen. I think you mean Call Her Daddy. Is it called Call Her Daddy? <laughs> is it? I yeah, have never it listened to it. I'm sorry. I've only listened to every single episode. How are you feeling, young me? I I'm gonna let that go. I'm okay, so I'm gonna feeling I am feeling well, I have this body dysmorphia thing that's kicking into high gear. Yeah, we did the we switched seats, switched mics up top. Um, yeah, but I always feel like I think it it's something that I just stuck discovered in therapy is that I have this like disassociation thing where I can't deal with hard emotions. Mm. And so I switch it in my brain and be like, oh, I'm upset because I'm fat or something, which is what my brain does. Like, because oh, so it's what, an avoidant thing. Yeah. So, so whatever else. the fuck is going on, I don't even know. And like, d- like literally like weeks later, I'll be like, oh, I was going through it because of this during yeah. that time. You know what I mean? Right. My brain just does this immediate thing where it's like, uh, it's like, I think it's like this control thing, you know, mm. it's like, oh, my life's not bad. It's just, I am like overweight so if i lose weight then everything oh. will be fine like that and so i don't even know what's right. going on when i feel bad right yeah it's it's like really weird so that's going on with me damn but i'm gonna i don't want to sound insensitive yeah but uh i think this also proves just how difficult it is to write a 250 word essay because you would rather subject yourself to a regimented diet and whatever the fuck yeah. to get that tangible goal of losing weight yeah. versus sitting down and writing 250 words on your goddamn Microsoft Word. I can't believe anyone's ever written a book. Dude, can you imagine? <laughs> torture. Oh my god. Yo, of course, that's fucking torture. In high school, I was the one who was secretly making the periods like 14 point font just so I can reach the minimum page requirement oh of any English essay. <laughs> like, you know, there was always the those period. kids. There's always wow. those kids I didn't even know who that. that's a hack. wrote way more pages than the maximum. And they're yeah. like, oh, I just have to edit down. I was like, how? Literally, how? How do you how? how do you have that many ideas or words in your brain to dump out onto this word? Damn. I just, I don't High know. High school, what a wild time. Yeah. Do you remember? There was like, home, our homework would be write a 1,000 word essay and like, damn, it's 11 p.m. I got to pump this out by 7 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Guess I I'll do it. I can't believe that I used to do things like that. <laughs> Can you know. believe that? My brain is so fried right now. <laughs> what the hell? And the I, hell? like, that was like before I was drinking wine and, you know, like, a, yeah. it's not like you have a glass of wine and you're on your computer and it's just like raw dog. I know. Sober brain doing stuff like that. Well, look at me. I'm pretty much sober now. And I'm fucking raw dog being a fucking whatever it is I do. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, so that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm feeling like sort of dread. And oh, but you know what? I wanted to talk about this TikTok that I saw that really helped me. Is that corny? No. Yes, this is me. This is um read show us the TikTok okay, baby. Okay, so this is the a TikTok that I saw and it's I gotta was stop saying baby. really <laughs> baby. No, it's baby. funny. I think it's funny when you say that. Um there's this TikTok that I saw and it was like oh, of course I fucking lost it. <laughs> um oh here it is. Don't you love it when says, that happens when you want to show a photo to a friend? Talk about oh, you're actually playing the TikTok yeah. dr- 
Marcus Aurelius says that what you throw on top of a fire is fuel for the fire. So what you want to cultivate, what you have to practice, you have to almost repeat it like a mantra to yourself, is the practice of loving everything that happens. Not just accepting it, not just tolerating it, but leading into it, going, this is for me, I chose this, I want it this way, and it's the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. When the computer eats the manuscript you've been working on, you say, Amor Fati, I love it. When you're stuck in traffic, you say, Amor Fati, I love it. When you're criticized on Twitter, when your boss calls you out, you say, Amor Fati, I love it. I'm going to be better for this having happened to me. When you're hungry, you say, I love it. I'm alive. I feel this. I'm going to make the most of it. You say, Amor Fati. With the Stoics. Amor Fati. I love And then I was like listening to that and I was like, yeah, I love it. You know, when my brain is being all fucking weird, I love it. Listeners, Young Me prefaced this by saying, is that cringe? And after having experienced what, what, whatever that just was in person, love the message, but that was... Uh, cringe? The video was cringe? Did not think that you were going to play... I thought you were going to read some... Did not think you were going to play the TikTok directly into... The mic <laughs> into our microphone for the podcast. Somebody listening needed to hear that, okay? <laughs> and the TikTok is just visuals of a butterfly and like really like corny the, imagery. It was like the uh, Michelangelo bust, like sculpture. No, um, like just but, like whatever you're going through. It's like it's like switching your brain and being like, all right. Switch so it up. I have this fucking broken ass brain. Everything I do, I think I I, I suck. I love it. I think I'm a fucking loser all but the time. You're fucking feel- incredible. Yeah, and every morning I wake up full of dread and regret. I love it. Amor Fati. Amor Fati. You know, I actually like, have that book on my bookshelf. I thought you were going to say I have that tattooed on my lower back. Amor Fati. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, bitch! Yeah, I know all about Amor Fati, bitch. Uh, it's probably one of the few books I haven't read yet. Maybe I'll check it out. Marcus Aurelius. What book? That book? That, that It's called Meditations. Oh, yeah, okay. he like wrote this... Uh, it's like his meditations on life, yeah. but I should read it. So feeling sure. whenever you feel like shit, you're just like, I love this. I love this. Damn, this look is at life, you, young me. You know, this is I didn't life. Know you were stoic, all about stoicism. I'm not I'm just on TikTok a lot. <laughs> 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 I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like it's just like things like, oh, I gotta flip, flip on this thing in my head. You know, yeah, I love yeah. this. I love, I love, love it. it. You love it. You know, yeah. So, but you wanted to, do you want to talk about that article? Uh, Cause you know, the, when we have these solo episodes, we like to kind of touch on things that are happening. You know, we don't really like topical conversations, but <laughs> also this is the thing that I, the reason why I kind of feel like talking about it now more mm. after the pandemic and everything that's going on with Asian Americans and Asians and our mental health, I feel like it's useful to check in on the state of that as a community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know I think I mean? it's great. So this article I saw was shared a lot on my Twitter feeds yeah. and on my Instagram stories. And it was published uh, in Slate and it was written by Aaron Mack. And uh, it's titled, Men's Rights Asians Think This Is Their Moment. It's basically a deep dive and a profile into yeah. men's rights Asians. And it centers around a uh, Yale undergraduate student named Eileen Huang, mm-hmm. who she she was very active on social media to talk to yeah. discuss 
how Asians uh, need to exercise more anti-black racism and uh, need to check our privileges. And or not exercise it, but like check our anti-black racism. Yes. Yeah. Asians need to check their anti... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Asians need to be more anti-black racist. <laughs> That's not what she said. Um, but no, then, then she found that she was uh, the victim of so much online abuse at mm-hmm. the hands of Asian men's rights activists. It was scary because apparently there was like a subreddit about her. With y- yeah, tens it touches of on, of there's two subreddits in mind, our Asian masculinity and our Asian identity. Mm. Yeah. And they targeted her to the point where they ha- got her accounts deleted off social She's media. Doxed, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, what the interesting thing about the MR Asian community, because we've had guests and friends that have been the target of their focus. Of their ire. Of their ire. Um, the interesting thing about them is like there's two things that they, I feel like, I don't know that much about it, but this is what I'm what I'm guessing. Because the thing about Eileen, the reason why they hate her is because she's very vocal about anti-black racism in the Asian community. Right. And they were like, they were upset about that. Right? Well, they were upset about it because they felt as if during the period in the pandemic where there was a, a spike or there was a lot of media coverage um, centered around, uh, you know, these hate crimes targeting Asian people. Yeah. And uh, these subreddits felt like you had to call a spade a spade that these the media was showing these attacks yet no one wanted to you know point out that the perpetrators of these attacks were black right yeah and so they the mr asians went nuts about that topic and then they found eileen who was like like you know if you've ever seen her tiktoks they're very like smart Mm -hmm. and she really breaks down you know all these like factors and what, what happens between the asian and black communities and they they like targeted her because of that because she sort of was like trying to write. yeah and the, and then you know they dug deeper and often what happens i feel like when you are the the target of these mr asian groups mm-hmm. they'll deep dive into your dating history and then they'll be like oh yeah oh look eileen used to date a white a white guy yeah, like she is they, a, they have these terms called like a loo like you're yeah. a loo- like look at her like of course she's you know, she's out over here like being a white supremacist yeah and yeah yeah she's brainwashed and colonized mentally yeah. yeah i think yeah those like the mras are against they dislike asian women that their number one target is asian women that date white men mm. right and yeah. they dislike any sort of like discourse about like unity between asian and black communities they or they want to like because their whole thing is like, well, black people are attacking Asian people. Why won't you just say it? Yeah. Without like wanting to really discuss like the nuance of like racial and class dynamics, dynamics. and class dynamics in America. Right. Um. So I know I don't know Eileen, but I follow her on TikTok. Oh, okay. And she, I've like, and she follows me. Yeah. And we were like even Flex. discussing like maybe hanging out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, because she was like, oh, I'm going to be in New York if anyone wants to hang out. But it didn't happen. Oh, okay. But I think she's also like sort of trying to like not be on social media that much. Oh, I mean, it sounds horrible what she had to endure. Yeah, but it's so scary. And it happens to a lot of Asian women. I mean, the author Celeste Ng had a similar... Because she tweeted about this specific Slate article. Like yeah. resources on how to deal with online harassment. Mm-hmm. Because 
she was also subjected to harassment from MR Asians on Twitter. I and they like, like so focused on how her yeah. husband's white and yeah. So many Asian women that we know in the mm. media have been the have been the victims of Have this you attack. ever yeah, received of comments or of messages like that? Yeah, actually I have a lot, but I'm surprised that I haven't I'm not at the Eileen level cuz I'm like you know, because I mm. talk about, I don't know why I've been spared this level of scrutiny by them. Oh, no. Is that Uh-oh. an invitation? Don't. <laughs> Please don't. Don't do it. But I'm asking. Um, it's weird, but don't do it. You know, like. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, I mean, it's interesting. Okay, so MR Asians hate that Asians are being trampled by society. That's their big message, That's their, right? They but feel that Asian Americans are often yeah. overlooked and lost in... But the socio-political discourse in America when it comes to equality. And especially about the sexual thing. Because Asian men are considered not sexual. Sex, yeah. Sexual in, our, in American society. emasculated and asexual. They're obsessed with that. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. It's, t- it's like their biggest targets and victims are always Asian women. They're not fucking... Are they out here doxing white men? Uh, not that I know of. Why, why is there, why as a collective group, why are there victims always Asian women if they're pro-Asia? You know what I mean? Mm. It's like such internalized racism that they don't even fucking get. And you know, like, I, I know we were talking about this, how they, they really hate the, there's a lot of Asian women that have internalized racism. And they're like, I would right. never date an Asian man. And then MR Asians hate those women. Yeah. But it's like both of them are really have a lot of internalized racism because they like hate each other. Mm. But do you know what I mean? It's no, like, I, to- I totally it's like get what you mean. They're taking this internalized hatred for themselves and Asian people in general and turning it into the other side of their gen- the other gender, right? Right, like right. Neither of them are realizing they're both kind of the same person. They just hate being themselves and hate being Asian. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, it that's like, it's very obviously there's way more nuance than what I just said. <laughs> but there's such like the fact that MR Asians just hate Asian women, like that's who they go after. It's so fucked up. I thought you were here for us. Like you, you do you yeah. understand like okay, I, mean, I get it's it. They're cer- misogynist, it's obviously. Very yeah. Misogynist. Um <sighs> watch me get doxxed. No, but <laughs> I I'm just going to offer you know, obviously I don't condone any of these actions, but yeah. It, it to me it just seems like a over compensatory response to the status of being an Asian man and being constantly emasculated and humiliated and derided and yeah I get that. Uh, overlooked now to a certain extent I'm not absolving myself from ever having these sorts of thoughts because especially in my younger years when you know let's say I was like a freshman or sophomore in college mm-hmm. I had been around. Asian women who would, you know, we would be hanging out in a group and they would say like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't date Asian guys. Yeah. And in those, when I heard that in that moment, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, that would make, that maybe, that like stung even more than hearing like a white woman say, I don't date Asian guys. Yeah. It's not rational. It's displaced. It's a harmful idea that it's like this ownership thing you know mm-hmm. that's it's wrong i'm not i'm not you know but it it comes from that feeling it's like well if someone from who looks like me and we are experiencing the same struggle we're part of the same identity group if you aren't 
if you're publicly, me. if you're not accepting me, yeah, then yeah. who is going to accept me? So I think yeah. that like elicits a, like a more harmful or an enraged response. I totally understand that. And like, I don't want to sound like I'm like condoning this no. either, but also I understand that. And that's why I wanted to bring up that those two group. it's like, it's like, you know, cishet Asian women and cishet Asian men yeah. are like harming each other because it's like they're targeting each other because they can't target the people that are really like fucking with them. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like, it's like when Asian, I've heard Asian women be like, ew, I'm not going to ever date an Asian guy. And I'm like, how fucking, how fucked up is that, bro? Like, <laughs> that is such self-hatred. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. how much do you hate yourself that you're saying you wouldn't fuck somebody that looks like you? That's fucking weird. And so I, I also know what you mean. Like, I can see how painful that would be for Asian men to hear that. At the end of the day, why do you possess this attitude that a certain group like belongs? It's like a belongs to you. It's a misogynistic you know idea I mean? that yeah, it's like a woman is an object. So you have to be with me, you're an object. It's like fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it's like what are you doing like having sex with white men? Like you like, belong yeah. to me. Like you're an Asian woman. But I'm seriously asking this because I don't know anything about right. Asians. If someone's listening to this and knows the answer, please let me know. Do they ever attack white men? Like, do they go online and go ruin the lives of white men that date Asian women? I don't know. Do they? I'm asking. And if and if not, what is that telling you? Mm. In in this scenario, they're choosing to attack the Asian person and not the white person. Like, that's fucking racist. You mm. know, like, how is that not clicking to them? Like, right. Like, it's because obviously they're misogynistic and they believe that women belong to them and blah, blah, blah. But it's like that logic is so like, you know what I mean? If you're part of this MR Asian group and you're like you like you interact with them, you should really ask yourselves, why is the per the person that you're angry at the other people in your group? You know, like your quote unquote community. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. Stand up for each other. No, but even the um, the focus of this piece, which is Eileen Huang and mm -hmm. how she was doxxed and subjected to all this online harassment from these two communities. Uh, she acknowledges, she says that there is, you know, the, these groups do, uh, they experience real trauma. Yeah. Like their anger isn't always entirely misplaced it is real anger that's real trauma they just she is quoted as saying that the subreddit is just not the place where they should be looking for for solidarity and compassion and mm. community because it's it's just so incredibly toxic and yeah what the core values of these communities essentially do is asian men just want to uplift each other just for the approval of the white gaze at the end of the day yeah is what these like the values that these uh communities are instilling to their followers and like the active members i i don't think they even realize that they even said that there's like two different types of asians in america mm. there are like asian americans who can occupy very white spaces mm -hmm. and are accepted amongst white people mm -hmm. and then there's the asian americans that no matter what they do they mm. will never be accepted by mm. white America. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've seen it too. Yeah. And I guess like along the lines of like that thing where 
those MR Asians are saying they're the truth speakers and like we won't we won't acknowledge that like liberal people or whatever. Right. But yeah, I acknowledge that. I totally I totally get that. You know what I mean? Like, right. But I don't know if it's so ultimately I feel like this acceptance amongst white the complaints of these MR Asians, the complaints of Asian masculinity, these subreddits who, you know, target these Asian women and their frustrations and not being accepted by it's more of a class thing because yes if 100 cut and dry if you yeah. are an asian person who is upper middle class or just wealthy yeah you're gonna you're going to be accepted by white america yep yeah no matter what right the class part is like what's always so missing in these conversations you know people push it to the even the like all the con like the conversations about like how asian communities relate to black communities i'm mm -hmm. like I mean, this is just like a lot of this is just like class stuff mm -hmm. you know like there's just like inter there's a lot way more interaction than like white people right right like why are there so many attacks this is my theory this might be i don't know why do we see so many attacks by asian on asian people by black people it's like because like they live in the same communities do you know what i mean like mm. There's like, we know that in this country, the diversity issue is that white people are segregated. Mm. They're in their lo own little thing and everyone else is kind of like more together, you know? Right, right. I mean, I think that's a big factor in it too. It's like we're fighting for scraps to in this like community together. And so we're bumping heads and bumping into each other. And white people can be like, well, we don't attack it. And it's like, <laughs> you don't even see us, you know, like right that's like that's part of my th i think there's so much nuance in this conversation there's so many things like did i remember i told you the story like mino went to the playground so mino was in the playground yeah. i don't know if you remember and he was playing with like some kids and they called him the n-word oh they shit. kept calling him the n-word and in he a, like you know well it, the children like, were and what context the children were black so they were they were saying it in a neutral way okay like just like hey like you know how you say like hey bro like that okay like they hey were my n-word yeah 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 like they're having a mild argument oh okay um they weren't it wasn't even it, they were just like disagreeing about something a game they were playing okay and they're like you gotta do this bro like my n-word or whatever yeah and so then and then um but you know in that situation i'm like what and then Mino, we had a talk a long time ago about not saying the N-word, Mino and I. So okay. he knows he can't say it. Right. But then he was like, Mom, um, but I'm black. Like the other day he like brought it, he was like, but he was like, but I'm black. And I was like, why? And I was like, oh, maybe it's because of the playground incident where these black kids were calling him the N-word. And oh. I think because I told when I told him not to say the N-word, I was like, you can't say it because we're not black, but black people can say it and they will say it to like to other black people. And that's totally fine. And that's like not not your business, but right. you, you just can't say it. Yeah. And so I think maybe because they were saying it to him, then, he was like, well, okay. I, I'm black. But and I'm so, and like <laughs> I was like, I did not think I had to ha have this sort of conversation with my child, which is privilege. Right. That's like privilege. Never have, having to think about things like that. Of but, course. I was like, this is such a confusing <laughs> situation. You're like, God but, damn it. I didn't but, sign up. Did I sign up for this? Where what? was this course requirement to become a mother? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you are not black. You cannot say the N word still. Please don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't mean it in a mean way. They were just trying to, they were just saying it like you're their friend or I don't even know. Mm. Um, like that is so like that stuff like that <laughs> is so uncomfortable. I don't know. 
And but you know, but it also for me, this is what I think a lot of white people that are rich, their kids probably will never have a situation like that. Because there's like very minimal interaction that they do with other races. You right, know? Right, right. The wealthier they get, the whiter they get. You know, like yeah. we saw that statistic. 80% or 75% of white people don't have a person of color friend. Right. So that's never going to happen to them. And I mean, like, I feel like that's a blessing. Like diversity is a gift because now we I have this awkward conversation with Mino, <laughs> but he's going to know and he's he's having to like deal with this sort of situation where, you know, like you see those like leaked videos of these high school white kids that are rich that live in Connecticut and they're saying the N word and rapping and like and then they get canceled rightfully. It's like because they've never had to think about what that even means. Do you know what I mean? But then some of them get to become Chet Hanks and <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. And everyone still <laughs> wants to have sex with him. I don't know why. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like right. Mino's never going to be a fucking dumbass 17 year old who thinks that they can say the N word, you know, the, because of all these like interactions. But I don't know. <laughs> it's a messy topic and nobody wants to talk about it. And honestly, like the Mino playground thing, I don't want to fucking talk about that. But then it's that's like a lot of pressure on you that's as a mom. But then that's like the, what, 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 to, what yeah. you explain in that moment yeah. is going to influence and impact every interaction he has from that point forward that is similar to this you know yeah but if you were a troll yeah and wanted to be a parent that got a laugh out of your kid yeah you know you could uh yeah just say it and see what happens no brian are you i'm not gonna get my child canceled what are you talking about just kidding okay you're no but i'm just saying it's a lot of like yeah you are obviously going to bestow or be the best like try to do your best to teach your child but these are complicated things that you're like confronted with and your son is what eight but i have to say he's seven but i have to say you know it was awkward but i'm glad that happened because like i said i don't want him to be this like person that doesn't understand that people uh, outside of your race are full full human beings all i know is please don't dox me I care about everyone's trauma. Everyone, thank you for listening to the podcast. This is the end of this episode. If you made it this far, Young Me, where can our listeners find you? YM Mayor, TikTok, Young Me Mayor. Brian's going to start a TikTok. His TikTok is It's Brian Park. Follow <laughs> it and make sure that he does it. And uh, you guys can we- find me on socials at It's Brian Park and follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. If you want to see the notorious, famous sweet switch, sweet seat switch that happened yeah. on this episode. And once again, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Don't dox us. Please don't We're dox us. We're on your us. side. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Bye, guys. Bye.